Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So the Bucks lost to the Lions, which may not be a big surprise. I think the Lions are really a very good team. I've said this going into the game that they were probably the third best team in the NFC. Of course, both the Eagles and the 49ers lost. And there are no undefeated teams in the NFC now, so you can you can toss those any way you want to. Maybe the Lions are the best team in the NFC. I don't know, um, but coming in, that's what I thought. And there's no shame in losing to that team. And like I said, it's a solid football team. They do a lot of things right on both sides, but they lose twenty to six. And not not only did they lose twenty to six, but this was unquestionably like the worst game that Baker Mayfield has played since he's been here. And I also think it was the worst game that I've seen called by Dave Canales since he's been here. And that's saying something because the Eagles game, there's there's a lot of evidence that that was just a, or as bad or worse. And what I mean by that is this football team cannot run the football. And I'm, you know, I'm never going to be an offensive coordinator, nor, nor would am I qualified to or would want to. But I just know this, that like if you can't run it, you can't just continue to try to run it, especially when they were in the game as they were 10 to 6 with about three minutes or so to go in the third quarter. And, you know, they come out they come out in the second half very much in the game, and it's a run-run pass. And, and I just, as good as Mayfield has been on third down, you can't expect him to continue to, to convert at that rate. And so they were 2 of 11 on third down, whereas, you know, the Lions were tremendous. They were like 9 of 16. In fact... They scored touchdowns on third twice on third and ten plus. A couple of touchdown passes from Jared Goff. I just feel like, and Baker said it, the offense is holding this team back. Pure full stop, right? Their high water mark is is what twenty six points uh, a couple of weeks ago when they played New Orleans, mm-hmm. and Mayfield. Had his worst day for sure. He was 19 of 37 for just 206 yards, zero touchdowns. He had an interception. Um, he missed twice. He missed Trey Palmer on deep shots that, that he could have walked in the end zone with. And th- that's that's 14 points, period. You got to hit your layups in the NFL. Um, and, you know, he said as much. I mean, he goes, you know, look, we suck today. And he goes, I suck today. We sucked. Today I was awful. We were it was awful from the get go. You can't play like that. We didn't start fast. We didn't pick it up in the middle, and we didn't finish strong. We have to be better. Yes, you do, and and Mayfield does, and he knows it. And you know it's there will be criticism um, anytime you lose. And you know what? The Bucks were three and one, getting all these flowers from everybody. They took the bye week, which is a way too early bye week. Uh, Mayfield was on every TV show and, you know, guest picker and all that, which is fine until you lose. And then it's like, oh, well, maybe they weren't focused coming off the bye. And even Todd Bowles, while saying he thought that they practiced well and, and they came back in shape and sort of all that stuff, you know, he just said that 
I don't think we, you know, we, we didn't start fast, so we didn't have sort of any energy to start the game. And, you know, after the bye week, like he kept relating it to the bye week, but then you ask him about it. He goes, no, they came back in shape and they worked hard and, you know, we just couldn't get things going early. It, it's going to fall on one guy or a couple guys, Baker for sure. The other one is Dave Canales, Steve. Like, I thought after last, I thought two weeks ago in New Orleans, he called the best game I've seen him to this point. You know, they had that 82-yard drive, whatever it was, and he had seven different guys touch the ball. They ran the ball, but they didn't just run it with their running backs. They had end arounds, and they had, you know, all kinds of of, of different plays. even had a a receiver pass by Chris Godwin, which was incomplete, but he showed some imagination, and they drove it and drove it a long way. But then in this game, no imagination. We're back to run-run pass with, with Rashad White, who I'm sorry I don't know how many times we have to come on and say this guy's had one 100-yard game his entire career, um, and it was in you know Germany a year ago. It it just was it's just not good. It's hard to win the way they're trying to win, and don't look now. And you said this a minute ago before we came on. They're averaging less points than Byron Leftwich, who got fired, did. Yes, they are. Now there is a difference in Leftwich had Tom Brady. Canales That's Baker fair. Mayfield. That's fair. But, although, although, you know, I mean, 17 points is 17 points, right? right? Like Exactly. Or 18 or whatever it is. 18 points, I guess, per I, game. I, I know what Dave Canales is trying to do with his offense. And, and look, it was obvious from the beginning when they hired him and everything they've said is they want to run the ball, but they can't. No, they're terrible at it. I mean terrible. Like, I have seen they're terrible, terrible. They can't run the ball. It's terrible, terrible, um, to quote the great Charles Barkley. I I have not seen, I don't believe, a worse collection, and this is going to get me in trouble probably in the locker room. Anybody listen to this, but these running backs don't have anything special to them. Like, they just don't, right? And, you know, they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn fairly high. Uh, they drafted Rashad White. for. I, I don't know what it is. Jason Light can draft linemen all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, different positions he excels at. Corner's pretty good. Wide receiver, obviously. But running back? What? I mean, really, like, Ronald Jones, who had almost 1,000 yards and probably wouldn't without COVID, is out of football. <laughs> I mean, he's... Four or five years in the league, he's done. Like, nobody wants him, right? They brought in Leonard Fournette. He got in a playoff, Lenny, uh, Lombardi, Lenny, whatever, and, and Ronald had the good year. We had almost 1,000 yards, so he got COVID. But really, the, you got to go back to Doug Martin. Doug Martin. What's he up to these days? Probably about 280. I don't know. So I, I just, I've never seen it, it, it look or, or feel this hopeless as far as running football. But the offensive line, what they do do well. Yeah, that was the other part of this, which is amazing when, when you look at off. yeah when you look at the line and the people, and we've talked about how it's pretty much the same line as last year. I just shuffle the deck, yeah, yeah. But they pass protect really well, extremely well, and and I mean they've given up one sack per game. They gave up one again on Sunday, and to be honest with you, it just you can't ask for more than that. I mean, I was. You know, I wrote a story earlier in the week of how Gedeke might have given some, did give some bulletin material 
um, talking about Aiden Hutchinson, and not that he didn't, he did praise him, but he also said he's already played better defensive ends this year, including Cameron Jordan. Well, you know what? Aiden Hutchinson had three tackles, and and you didn't notice him until he splattered Baker Mayfield on the sideline, and Baker wanted a flag and didn't get it. But basically, Hutchinson's playing Pro Bowl-like pass protection. You know I mean? He's, he's getting it done. And Baker was only sacked one time in this game. And if So if, if what your offensive line does best is pass protect, and what you do the least well is run and, and run block, then why in the heck are you are you forcing it? You know, like, and I'm not saying that you want Baker throwing and dropping back 65 times a game, but goodness, maybe on first down, it might be a little easier to complete passes and find a way. It's on the play caller to find a way to get Mike Evans going. And Mike's got to catch the ball. He's got to hang on. I My experience with Mike has been this, that when he doesn't practice, he's not very good. You know, and he didn't really get out there till Friday because he, he had the hamstring. He'd been trying to test it. And when he just doesn't see it before the game, I, I just don't think he's as good. I've seen him do this stuff where he's, you know, rehab and rehab and revenge shows up on Sunday and plays or shouldn't have played or whatever. And he's just not as sharp and it's understandable. Um, and I don't know that I would have benched him per se, but they have to get the ball to this guy. And then Baker, you know, air mills a couple of deep shots to Trey Palmer, who's absolutely going to walk in the end zone. And at this level, you got to hit your layups, man. <laughs> you just do. Um, so it, you know, it wasn't like they got blown out. It wasn't like they didn't belong on the field with them. Goff made more plays. He was really good on third down. Bucks were really bad on third down. Um, but this, but this offensive plan, I, you're going to have to change it, man. Because it just whatever you want to do, and I, I appreciate that your defensive coach, as all defensive coaches want to keep the other offense on the sideline and arrest their D and all that stuff. But it's about points, man. Like you got to score points. And that's why Baker was so crestfallen, you know, is that they put six points on the board. That was it. It's not enough. No, no matter how good your defense is, six points isn't enough. The defense has played pretty well this year. Yeah, I think they have, actually. They didn't. I don't, I don't think they played poorly on Sunday. I mean, they gave up some big plays, particularly two third and ten scores. Really bad on third down. That's yeah. where they got beat. Right. Really bad on third down. Um you know, maybe maybe their weakest game of the season defensively. Oh, I think so. I but think so. but yeah, this offense. You've got two stud receivers. Although Mike Evans, as you said, practices better or plays better when he practices. Dropped another one today. Always, he's had some drops, you know, mm-hmm. early in his career, and this year I think he struggled with them. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but he is. But yeah, the the. Like I said, I know you want to run the ball, but like in the New Orleans game, you ran the ball better because you did it different ways. Yeah, you used end arounds. You didn't know it yeah. wasn't always you know fullback re- or lead. You know, mm-hmm. running back through the a gap or whatever. And and I just I go back and I watch this tape and I see holes there and I see that Rashad doesn't see the field all the time when he was running. Like I I just I don't know who to blame. I mean, it's obviously the offensive line could always play better, but you know what? Running backs, what's the track record? I mean, just look at since he's been in the NFL. He has one 100-yard game. I can't believe that they're that bad at run blocking. They're, I think they're better at pass protection, but I can't believe they're that bad. 
So you you know, and and frankly, there came a point in that game where they said, "Let's let's try to get Keyshawn Vaughn going." It, it felt like they gave up on on Rashad, um, and I understand that too. So, yeah, there's there's just and there's no one you can pick up necessarily, you know, at this point. It, it's it is what it is. But Dave Canales has has to get in there now, get back in the lab, as do the Bucks, and figure out what the hell went wrong and. You know, Baker was like, look, I'm, we're, we'll fix it. You know, like, I know I can fix it. Um, I can fix mistakes. I can fix what I was doing wrong. We'll get it going. There's zero excuse for our offense to come out and lay an egg like that. It was horrible. <laughs> give him, a, give him a, a, you know, a C for candor. I mean, this guy doesn't, he does not mince words. I love that about Baker. He's going to tell you exactly how bad it was. Um, but now he's a little nicked up. I tell you what, they're just inches away and, these hits that he's taken of him being out for a while and Kyle Trask having to take a run at this. So he's got to be really, really careful. But I I could sense that there's a real frustration building. And, and the other thing Baker said, and I like this from a leadership standpoint because, you know, he's that alpha, they, you know, he's the Pied Piper they all follow around. He said this, I, at a certain point, We've got to get pissed off as an offense. We should putting be putting up a lot of points on the board. It's it's just got to be. Um, we talk about the standard about winning around here, but offensively, you know, we need to look at it in the smaller picture, and that we should be putting up a lot more points than we have been. So we need to be accountable for that. So he's not just saying we got to play better as a team. He's like, look, we're not pulling our weight. The defense is playing great. Special teams is really good. Jay Camarda was was fantastic again. Um, they didn't miss any field goals. But what he's saying is like, hey, guys, on offense, this is on us, right? And I feel like if that's true, then you got to look at the offensive coordinator as well. It's on him. And he's never called plays before, and he's new and all this. you got to find a way to put points on the board because they are. They're putting a lot of pressure on a very good defense, by the way, which, you know, it's not like the Lions ran them out of the gym or anything. They didn't, but you got to give them more than six. And that's that's kind of been the problem. All right, I wanna, I'm want i going to talk about Jared Goff here in just a second, but first I want to remind you guys that it's still hurricane season, right, in Florida. And there's still time to keep that power on without breaking the bank, and that's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. Now, with solar battery backup power, there is no fuel cost. No loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs, plus May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each and every month. And if you lose power, a generator could cost you over $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar backup systems qualify for a 30% tax credit, or you can add a battery to your existing end-phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup or to get started, Call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. So I got like a new favorite quarterback in the league. And he's not, you know, the guys that you hear, the Josh Allens and obviously, you know. Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. Yeah, the, the, the usual suspects, right? The guys that, the guys you see in Super Bowls, right? It's not that. It's Jared Goff. Because think back to where the Rams and, you know, Sean McVay and those guys drafted him number one overall. And within a couple of years, they're in a Super Bowl. And he's kind of the 
he's a little bit of the passenger, right? He's not driving the train. The defense was, and they played in a Super Bowl that was god awful. That the Patriots won with like seventeen. It was a defensive Super Bowl, and then, you know, the Rams have a really good team, and they decide, well, if we just had that quarterback, and they make the deal, like they made the deal for Matthew Stafford, and you know what? They won the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Kind of took a page out of the Brady's thing, right? But then they shipped Jared Goff off to what was then seemed to feel like NFL Siberia. Like, you know, you're going to the Lions who never win or are terrible, and it's Michigan, and it's, you know, Detroit, and it's, like, you know, all that stuff from L.A. of all places. So you're just wondering, like, how is he going to handle this? You know, like, what what's going to be the net-net with this guy? Is he going to... Is he going to melt down? Is he going to be a guy that, like, you know, you never hear from again? No, 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 no. The Lions have done a good job of building this team. They really have. They've done it the right way. Um, and they're solid on both sides of the ball. And Dan Campbell, this team in the NFL, very often you see teams reflect sort of their head coach. And, and Dan is a tough guy, and this is a tough-nosed football team. But what I love about golf is that, like, the dude, the dude's just quietly balling out. Like, he's having an unbelievable year. And every time he plays the Bucs, and I saw him play him, you know, the year that the Bucs went to the playoffs uh, and won the Super Bowl, he beat them here. It was back-to-back Kansas City and the Rams, and, and he threw it, I want to say he threw it 50-something times that night. They didn't even try to run it against the Bucks defense. And he was the difference. He was the guy. Because he, he completed so many. I remember just thinking, God, this guy completes a lot of balls. And then they went out. Like, I don't know, it was a year, maybe a year before that, they played out at the uh, Coliseum, and the dude threw for over 500 yards against them. They lost the game, and that was one where Ndamukong Sioux picked up a fumble and ran for a touchdown and stuff. But every time they play a Todd Bowles team, like, Jared Goff just kills them. And he did it again. I mean, he threw for you know, 353 yards and a couple of tutties. And those touchdowns came on third and 10 and third and 12 or something like that. So, like, those are not great passing downs. And you also, oh, by the way, not for nothing, but, you know, the Lions sort of rely on running the football. And Montgomery is is their guy. Like, he's the bell cow. And he went out in the first half, early in the second quarter, and you never saw him again. So without the the focal point of their offense, Goff says, no problem, watch this. I'll just convert seven of whatever it was, 16 third down situations, hit a couple of deep touchdowns of over 25 and 40-something yards on third and 10 and third and 12, and we'll win the game. Like, he was just complete clutch, Huge, big throws, big-time competitor, like everything you want in a quarterback, and nobody thinks he's any good. Like Detroit does, but he doesn't seem to get the run. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo gets more run, right? Derek Carr gets more run. And and I'm telling you, Derek Coff's one hell of a quarterback, man. And and he's comfortable in this system. He's comfortable with his coaches, and he ought to be damn comfortable at 5-1. and He's going to get the last laugh, but that guy played great. And, you know, the Bucks defense is pretty darn good, especially when they get you backed up. Not No problem today. Just on Sunday, there was no – Jared Goff could do no wrong. And 
that's that's a compliment to him because I don't know that they were taking him lightly. I do feel I do feel like there's a part of this whole thing that, you know, the oh, nobody believes in us and the chip on the shoulder when they started the year. And then they get to be three and one, they have a bye week, and everybody says, Whoa, look at Tampa Bay, man. We didn't see them at I'm at thirty two. Uh, you know, and they, they start getting interviewed and they start that also can be a factor, especially during a bye week. And I we asked Bowles, hey, did these guys come back? How they were they in shape? They go, no, they were in shape and they prepared and you know, we were pretty pleased with practice and stuff. Okay. But something was different, you know. And so now they're very much in control of the division still, since every team in the NFC South won, and that's the, or lost. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. This division's not good. It's wide open. The Bucks, if they beat Atlanta on Sunday, they've got a game over them, and who knows what, what mm-hmm. New Orleans and Carolina do. I think it's safe to say Carolina's probably out of it. But they would be in fine shape if that occurs next week. It's just as simple as that. But isn't some of this criticism just – recency bias i mean maybe i mean going into this season Mm -hmm. did you expect them to beat philadelphia on monday night football no no if if you thought the lions were going to be this good which i thought they were going to be really good based on what they'd done last year and in the last eight games yeah but i've expected the bucks to have beaten the lions this week no i didn't pick them we said all week it was going to be a tough game yeah i didn't pick them. like they beat the bears they mm-hmm. they bad team a bad team but they, they beat the Vikings bad record bad record they beat New Orleans mm, trending in the wrong direction for sure it is but, but division foe probably very similar to the on Bucks. the road that's a great win in in a, in, a, in a place you don't play well normally with Camara back it, yeah. was, it was a great yeah. win for them I mean it was their best win of the season some of this is in in. Whether it's just the team or even Canales and that is it is it just because they got beat by two really good teams, both yes. who were five and one, <laughs> that yes. that may, maybe it's that recency bias of oh god we suck because we just lost this week like we they come out again. they come out and, and and play like they they have the other three games this year or maybe two of the I mean the Bears well, I don't they know they beat they Atlanta well, but, and they're four and two yeah. and yeah uh, you know some of this is they're a nice little story you know they've. They've exceeded my expectations at this point, but do I think they're an elite team in the NFL? No. Right. Right. So if you go out there and, and lose to the Eagles and lose to the Lions, and, and look, midway through the third quarter, you were what, down four points still? Yeah. I mean, you were in it. You were definitely in it. Yeah, all, all that all that stuff's true, man. It, 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 it is. It's, it's all true. I just think that the Bucks are who we thought they were. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're a competitive team in this division, which is not good. They could win nine, eight, nine, or ten games if everything mm-hmm. fell just exactly right. Mm-hmm. They could win the division, go to the postseason, and then you know you take your chances. You're probably going to lose there, especially in the NFC. But it's but you'll you know, host a game if you win your. You'll division. host a game. You make money. It'd be the same as Brady. You you would have pretty much done exactly what Tom Brady did, which is. In a year where you know you didn't resign your free agents, where you saved all this fifty-six million dollars in salary cap and all that, that's quite an accomplishment in you know allocation football. But so it's all in front of them, like it is, and and mm-hmm. maybe it's as simple as hey, you know, we were off, we had a little trouble getting back into the game speed, we're kind of feeling ourselves a little bit. Like there's some human psychology there too, um, but. 
I just think they got beat by a better quarterback on that on this day. Like mm-hmm. and, and Baker has the ability, he has he has the capability, but he's just got to lock it in. You know, that's the thing. Like when guys get behind the defense, you gotta put it on their numbers. And they gotta find a way. You need some help too. He's not getting it from Canales right now. Whatever it is that's going on out there, it's not really helping Baker or the offense. They've got to find a way to run it through the, their best players. And and I'm sorry, but to me, that's not the running game or the running backs that they're putting out there right now. It just isn't. I don't know that I would feature them as much as they have because I think they're making it really tough. I know they're helping their defense. I know they're keeping those guys fresh. By the way, Levante David had a monster game. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy that's played longer than any team. He's the only guy that's worn the creamsicle. And he went out there and was just completely dominant. Had a sack, quarterback hits, two tackles for losses, led the team in tackles. Like he was he was nails, man. So that was good to see. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Meanwhile, you uh, were paying close attention. I have not seen their last two games, but the Tampa Bay Lightning have now dropped back-to-back games. And, okay, so... Tell me why is it too simplistic for someone who didn't see them to say, or maybe if you did, yeah, the the problem is the goaltending. The problem has not been the goaltending. So um, that's a surprise, a headline to me. That's yes. surprising. So the last two games, 80 shots over two games, that's 40 a game. Not good. That's a lot, right? <laughs> um, I, I thought Sunday they played better than they did Saturday. They were giving up odd man rush after odd man rush after no man rush to, like, oh wow, you know, was, they were a mess Saturday night. Sunday, I thought they played better, uh, although they were outshot 17-3 to in the first period. Not sure how many of those were grade A chances, but uh, Ottawa did kind of control play. The Lightning got better as the game went along, but you're playing catch up and every mistake they made ended up in the back of their net, but I wouldn't put it on the goalies and, and Sunday night, Matt Tompkins made his NHL debut. I don't know. You know, if Vazzy was in net for those, how many more of those shots does he stop? I, I you know, that's hard to say, right? Yeah, I mean, it is. Um, look, is Johansson and Tompkins going to be good enough to get them through the next two months? the jury's out but these these two losses over the weekend you're not putting you can't put it on the goalies it it was the team in front of them that gave them no help it was better sunday than saturday but not good enough but here's the thing like and i don't know who's responsible for this Mm -hmm. but okay so they knew vasi was going to be out at least you know before the season started and wouldn't it be something in the back of of every player's mind that, hey, we're going to have to tighten up on defense. Like, if we do nothing else through this first couple of months, mm-hmm. we can't play this sort of wide-open giveaway style. So, like, let's do this. Let's help our goaltender out because he's young. 
and get into some brawls, right? Some two to ones, some three to twos, whatever we got to do. Mm-hmm. But that that hasn't really happened. Like I thought they were going to rally around the fact that they didn't have Vassie and they were going to protect this guy. <clears throat> and from what you're telling me, and I didn't see the games, they're really not protecting this guy. <laughs> you know, whoever's in net, they're not really playing the right way. I see. I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's been some bad decisions. There's been some bad puck luck. There's been giveaways. Yeah, I mean, sure, I yeah. mean, you know, look, the opening night against Nashville, the first period they looked fantastic. It came out flying. Yeah, yeah. Second yeah. period was terrible. And uh, yeah, as the game went along, Nashville kind of got its footing, and the Lightning. Mm-hmm. I don't say reverted to bad habits, but you, you know what they were doing in the first period didn't carry over. No, completely the second and third. Right. I think this team's going to be a little bit of a work in progress. I didn't think that was going to be the case going in. And and we'll see, you know, they've got today's off, then they're in Buffalo tomorrow night, so it's a three and four on the road. Buffalo's another up-and-coming team. I mean, let's not forget the, the Red Wings and Senators are probably better teams they than better, they were last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, should be competing for a playoff stop. I mean, but Ottawa missed the playoffs by six points last year. Detroit was in it till about the final month, and they faded pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're playing Buffalo tomorrow night, who missed the playoffs by one point. Oh wow! I mean, one more point, and Florida doesn't go to the final. Buffalo would have been in that playoff spot. Oh wow, that's crazy. Um, so th- they're playing good teams. Um, I just, you, I mean, you have this sometimes, particularly mm-hmm. on the road. Last year on the road, they weren't very good. Right now they've started zero and two on the road, right, and and kind of scrambly. Uh, Steven Stamkos didn't to... play Sunday night. Yeah, well, he uh, broke, he's he out. He's day to day with a lower body injury. Hmm. Hmm. You know, so did that have any impact? I mean, you know, Austin Watson made his debut. Alex Barry Boulay changed up the lines a little bit. You didn't have Stamkos on the power play. Well, they're going to have to play better defense. I know yes. that. That's where it you starts. Can't, you can't give up five and six goals a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds pretty easy to pinpoint, but, yeah, that that part's just not good. I won't – listen, if you're, if you're a Lightning fan, the goal should be, correct me if I'm wrong, that this team gets to be around 500 until Bassey comes back. And you score enough points to kind of be in the race but not out of it. Right. Well, I mean, there's the, the Dave Michigan talks about this all the time. There's kind of the rule of 96 points get you in. Okay. So you need to get 12 points for every 10 games. Every 10 games. Okay. So that means, you know, six wins out of 10, essentially. Now, okay. You get overtime losses in there, you get points. So it, it's not always six and four. Right, right, right. But essentially, six wins in 10. Vazzy's going to miss about two months. We don't know exactly when he'll be back, but that could be up to 30 games. So if you just go 500, that means you're six points behind the pace. That's true. With 50 games to go, which means you've got to get 12 every 10 games plus an extra six somewhere along the line. You'd be okay with that depending on how many teams you have to jump. So now you're talking 13 every 10 games or 14. Right. That's now you're tougher. talking seven and three. That's that's not easy that's tougher. to do. No, that's tough for yeah. a fifty game stretch. You know, I think you'd like to be. Look, do you need to be the best team in hockey when Vazzy comes back? No, but I think you'd like to be above five hundred. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. Now, you know, now you can make it in with less than 96, although that's kind of it's kind of been the marker. If you get 96, very rarely do you miss the playoffs. Hmm. Well, they've they got to find on, a way to yeah. navigate this. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's like, what did you know and when did you know it type thing with Bassey in the back and the shots and the different ways they were thinking about treating and whatever. But like, he's going to be, it's going to be, it's a huge void. And you just wonder if they had an inkling about this prior to, okay, he needs surgery. Like, would they have done different in the, in the goaltending spots? In other words, you know, it's hard to get a guy to just say, hey, you know what, we need you for two months and then go hit the mm-hmm. bricks. But, you know, and salary cap's part of this too. I, I just, I don't know that they reacted like a team that was losing its best player. You know what I mean? Like, there well, wasn't this immediate, uh, there, hey, oh my God, we got to get somebody in here that can play. There's like, two parts to this. Is One, they didn't decide on surgery for Vasilevsky until four, five, six days into training camp, whatever it was. I mean, he gave it a go. He tried to go the first day of training camp. Couldn't. Took a few days. Came back. Couldn't. And that's when they decided to do surgery. So, you know, the free agents market, you're not dealing with the best ones. Those were signed back in July. You signed Johansson. You have a lot of faith in him. There's a reason you signed him as your backup. Think he's got some untapped potential. You have your... You're using Brett Seabrook's salary cap money, you know, LTIR, so you're way over the cap, which means, you know, right now they could sign somebody for two months, but then those that salary's got to be off the books by the time the season ends because Vassie's coming back, so you have to account for his salary. So you're really limited on what you can do. You know, a veteran, okay, come in for a month or two, and then we don't need you anymore. And... There may be a player or two they could have done that with, and, and I'm sure the Lightning have looked at you know any goalie that was on waivers and decided Johansson and Tompkins are like better. We have better, yeah, based on be, either what either what they've seen in practice or what they saw in training camp or just their evaluations of them overall. Period. Uh, and that's the thing they they like these guys, and that's mm-hmm. a big part of it, right? I mean, it just is. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, you know, they knew Vazzy was hurt at the end of last season, had surgery, and was going to be out right, six right, months, right, which right, meant right, he's right. missing the first two or three months of the season. Right. That wasn't no, the case. No, they get what you always do with a herniated disc. Like, you, there's, you know, you want to rest it, and, and surgery is usually the last option, but I don't know that I wouldn't have, and, and they obviously didn't have this information, but if I, if I thought he was possibly going to be that bad, I might have found somebody that has played before in the NHL, and and that's assuming it takes two to tango. That someone was willing to come, someone that, that you that, felt was yeah. better. Right, 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 right. You know, that's the other part of it. Yeah. So no, I, I mean, those are those are the spot. things. You, yeah, those are the things you don't always know. But yeah, you know, it's it's not even like going into training camp. They knew they they knew that according to Julian Breezebois. He started feeling some issues in August during workouts. Mm. And they did some, you know, do an injection, rest it for however a yeah, week, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Came back, it, it, it didn't it wasn't better, so then they did another injection. Then it seemed to have gotten better, which is where they were when they went into training camp. And then it happened again the first day of training camp. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. <laughs> it really is. You know, and typically with these, those injections and the rest that that's what that's all you need to do. That's typical of this. Not always, but yeah. 
Well, they got to find a way to hang on, whether that's, mm-hmm. you know, getting points every other night or, you know, staying around 500. They just got to find a way. If they beat Buffalo Tuesday, you're now 2-2 two and two and 500. You would take that, sure. And then you're coming home for five straight games. Absolutely. You and four that. of those against Western Conference teams. And yeah. the West isn't nearly as loaded as the East. Right. So. No, it all makes sense. They just got to find a way to keep the, keep it out of the back of their net, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, D up, boys. I mean, yeah. I thought it would go the other way. I thought the pendulum would swing. Everybody goes, okay, this dude needs help. Let's help like we never helped before. And instead, from what I understand, it's not that's not really been the approach or the attack. But 111 shots given up in three games. That's 37 a game. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. They just got to learn to get back. Wow, that's a lot of shots. Well, you hope it doesn't fall apart. They got time. I mean, there's you know a couple months, and, and anything can happen, and all of that. But you're also at that small sample size at the beginning of the year. You know, if yeah, you had if you true. had this stretch in you know January, that's true. You wouldn't even think about it. You know? It'd be like okay, they're in a rut. You know, in the dog days, this. You know, they because lost it's two out of three. Because it's happening the first three. Now yeah. that doesn't mean there shouldn't be some. Whoa, this. You know, this, they're not playing defense Cause. the way you expect. I mean, it's not yeah. not saying everything's rosy and, and perfect. Yes, it may not be the goaltending. See if you can get the other guys to play better. Yeah, but let's see what they do in Buffalo, and then they get a five game homestand, and you know, I think then at that point you're through nine games or so. Okay. You know, then I think you have a much better idea where you stand. Is there a number of games that they're shooting for, or just a month, a year, or something? What do you mean? Like for Vazzy being out? Yeah, for him to return. I mean, they said about eight to ten weeks or whatever. Eight to ten, okay. So, and the, and the surgery happened at the end and... of September. So, right. you know, is it, you know, and then eight to ten weeks, I don't know if that means return to gameplay or start, or start working, working out. Yeah. And is it going to take another week? Or you're going to send yeah, him to yeah, Syracuse yeah. for a conditioning stint? I mean, you know, all that stuff's on the table. Yeah. It could definitely, you know, so I, I, I think, you know, in, in my mind, it's always been kind of early to mid December mm-hmm. is kind of where, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just based on the timing of the surgery and what they said, eight to 10 weeks, about two months. Okay. So, you know, early to mid December, he could possibly return. Well, you just got to hope that you're still in playoff contention at that point and then make your run with what you hope is also the best goaltender in the world when he gets back. I will say one line on Sunday that looked really good was uh, Anthony Sorelli, Tanner Janot, and Mikey Asimov. Well, that does sound good. They were they they what they scored the two goals tonight and were all over the ice. Wow. That's impressive. Like, that was a really good line, and that got shuffled because Stamkos was out, so some of the lines got shuffled. Hagel moved mm-hmm. up to the top line, moved some guys around, but that line was really good on Sunday. Well, they'll work it out. I mean, they got a lot of new faces, and and not the least of which is a goaltender. But they got to find a way, man. Yeah, I'm watching some of the highlights as we're doing this, and there wasn't much defense in front of him. Nope. <laughs> to be honest with you, if you're gonna let a guy skate to the middle of the ice and stand outside the crease and just flip one in there, like, doesn't get much easier look than that, dude. Somebody may want to check that guy. But, and we uh, we went through the whole podcast without talking about creamsicle. I know, I know, and I'm okay with that. I really am. <laughs> I really am. I know people like have got lost their minds over this stuff. It's just it's a marketing campaign that, believe me, based on the number of creamsicles uh, today, 
They've done very well. Thank you. But oh, was it I, Ron DeSantis' son had a jersey on at yeah, his yeah, press conference? Baker Mayfield tonight? jersey on, which is impressive for somebody. I don't know for Baker, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it, it it's a they do a great job with the game day, the pom poms, the you know, throwback uh, you know swashbuckler uniforms, the the bunting on the stadium, and you know the lights and the music and all that. It's really well done. It really is. Um, but yeah, I. It it it's been it's been an interesting did, start to that whole season. That, that, did you have flashbacks that, to the creamsicle days based on the performance? Well, the, on the way field they played, today? I was trying to think: was this more Lehman Bennon or Ray Perkins? Like the offense was the same. You know what I mean? Like that's what you saw all the time. Um, <laughs> number one overall picks not scoring, which was Benny Testaverde back in the day. But it it it, it did remind me of those days, like where you just knew, okay, the team they're playing, yeah, they're better. They're just better, and you almost are feeling like, well, it's they're only down by this at halftime, and they're only down by this with three minutes to go. Like there was that sort of mentality, which should not be your mentality, um, but it just feels like they're just the Bucks are just not quite in that same league of, of Philadelphia and um, you know San Francisco. And again, both those teams lost. I get it, but like they're just not quite there. But there is talent. And they just got to find a way. There's a lot of meat on the bone. And maybe Baker, Mm -hmm. in what he said, will shake him up and say, enough is enough. We have got, we got to be accountable for this. Like, we got to get pissed off as an offense. We got to start putting points on the board. Um, This is on us. And that might might be enough to lead him out of it. So we'll see. Anyway, I'll be at one buck to talk to uh, Coach Todd Bowles today. And we'll have a chance to uh, figure out what the latest injury status is of Guys like Baker Mayfield, who had a, a chunk taken out of his right index finger, and they sewed that back up, and that was kind of gruesome. And then he had a, a shot to his left hand with a helmet, and that was hurting him. So you might see him on the injured list a little bit this week as far as you know whether he's full go at practice or not, something to keep an eye on. But we'll do that, and the Lightning should be coming home soon, right? Aren't they on their way back? Or Yeah, they play Buffalo in Buffalo tomorrow, and then Thursday night Vancouver's at home. Okay, so, yeah, there you go. So you can watch the Buffalo game on the telly, as they say, and see if they can figure out this goaltending situation. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Again, uh, the Bucs uh, lose and go to 3-2, and two, still in first place in the NFC South as they follow the Detroit Lions. And no no shame in that, but the way they played, they got a lot of explaining to do and a lot of, a lot of improving to do as well coming off that bye week. Worsty versus Nick Umrich, Stroud, Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 